So when we decided to have children, when we decided to have a family, the goal was to raise them with morals and manners Mm -hmm. and to become productive citizens of society. So we just gave them tools and willed them to grow. We watered them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If you're anything like me, you sometimes want to have short, impactful content coming your way. That's what this episode is going to give to you. Uh, Consider this like a flashback Friday slash throwback Thursday slash whatever the heck you want to call it. But these are some of the magic moments from some of our past episodes on the Better Than Rich show. Get ready for another excellent content-filled journey with Andrew and Mike on the Better Than Rich show. Cheers. It's interesting some of the parallels, and Mike, I'm not sure how much you want to dive into this, but James came really early for you guys. And while the parallels aren't a Venn diagram of a circle, there's certainly some overlaps there. I'm curious, do you have any questions around like how raising a child like Nick parallels to your life? Well, there's no way that Lindsay, my wife, and I can relate to anything that you experience with Nick. The experiences that we can relate to are those lonely moments when it was just us and there was so much uncertainty because of, we could call it misdiagnosis. Like our son was at that ultrasound was diagnosed with endochondroplasia, with dwarfism, along with potentially osteogenesis. And there was high, like according to them, it was something like 13% or something like that likelihood that James was going to make it alive at all because we had a stillbirth a year before. So it was like, there was so much uncertainty for my wife and I around it. And That's why when I was reading your story, I was laughing and crying by myself sitting there reading your book. I'm like, because it took me back to some of those lonely moments of like, how can I be a rock for my wife? And obviously, Michael being a rock for you. And I know there was a point where Michael kind of had a little bit of a setback on your book. And it's just like a lot of that pressure that was men putting on ourselves. And that's why I'm so interested to hear from your lens of this as the mom, those moments when you're alone. And you have to continue to muster up that courage to press forward, regardless of my rock isn't as strong as I need that rock to be, or these people around me aren't saying the stuff that I really want them to say. I mean, it's really beautiful. It's remarkable the amount of faith and courage that you have had that you demonstrated during that time frame. because obviously Nick, he's inspiring the masses right now. I mean, the absolute masses, and he wouldn't be doing that if you didn't demonstrate the courage that you had. So I think there's some people and our listeners that are listening right now that maybe they're not going to be encountering it for themselves, but maybe their loved one is going to go through a time of circumstance where there's a lot of unpredictability or opinion or statistical evidence that's not in their favor. And I guess the curiosity is just like, is there anything else around that before we get into the next part of the next chapter, which is raising Nick after he's born? Mm -hmm. But is there anything else under that chapter of uncertainty before Nick comes into the world and you give birth? Anything else around that that you feel could be relevant to anybody that's listening right now? Absolutely. It's actually something that Nick repeats often. What you focus on is what you get. I dug really deep, really deep. And I had no doubt that he would be born, that he would survive birth because we were told there was a possibility one. I think it was such a deep knowing that kept telling me, no, no, he'll survive. He might not be the way that you hope, but he could be more than you ever thought. You have to dig down deep and it is such an individualized thing for each person And I just think that you'll hear the outside noise, but that's okay. 
people can have opinion, but as long as you're focused and you stay faithful to what you really believe, your convictions, not only does it help you, but people around you will mm. see and learn because everything's about learning. I have one question on that. So what do you feel in your life led you to that level of conviction and faith? If you go back to Stacy growing up or earlier in life, because my mom died when I was 20. And I think by me going through that prepared me for the uncertainties and the circumstances at 35, 36, when we were going through this chapter. So I'm just curious, were there some things that happened that in the moment of Stacy before Nick earlier in life that kind of prepared yeah. you for this, that at the moment you didn't realize this was going to be a gift for me. Like this actually is not here. I didn't know this was going to help me later in life with some things. Can you speak to that at all? If there was any truth there? Yeah, I can. Okay. So growing up, this is interesting. My mom was Jewish and my dad is Portuguese, so he's Catholic. So I was raised in a very mixed household. And it wasn't until very late in my life that I found Christianity. So I'm a baby new Christian in this mm -hmm. life. And in my book, I do say that I hosted Bible study at my home. So I remember this particular day just feeling really empowered. Like, I got this. And I prayed for something, not knowing that I was going to get Nick. And I prayed. I was like, you know what, God? I pray that I can wear my faith on my sleeve for all the world to see. I want you to use me. Wow. I unknowingly, I prayed for Nick and I mm. got him. So I think before the situation, I just knew that I wanted something to happen in my life and for my life because that was my goal. I want them to be able to like see faith, like really see it. You had to have your faith on display every single day, right? Absolutely. Um, and so that's really beautiful. I'm curious about, Nick is such an incredible person. There's so many incredible stories about him growing up. And I mean, was this just how Nick was? Did you help him develop this incredible mindset and this incredible capacity? And like, how did you help him? You said in the notes here that you're an ordinary parent who raised an yep. extraordinary kid, mm -hmm. but it's... I think in some ways you may be not giving yourself enough credit. What did you do to help him become the extraordinary yeah. person, not just to be successful, but to really be such an amazing person as well? Okay. Well, the whole goal was raise him just like the other kids, hmm. but I just wouldn't allow myself to get frustrated if he couldn't do something. Just a lot of encouragement and trial and error. Let him figure it out on his own. I know people think we're mean because he tells people, yeah, my parents put my clothes in front of me and said, get dressed. But maybe not as crass as he said. It was like, try to put your shirt on. You know, it was very loving. We did it very lovingly. But I think encouraging him to explore and try things Nick's way probably was one of the best things we could have done for him. Okay, you do it, but you do it Nick's way. Mm. He tells the story. I remember the first time I saw him speak about the Cheerios on the high chair <laughs> and a spoon. He has one finger. How are you going to use a spoon? Or are you going to eat these Cheerios? Like, how is he going to pick it up? And when he told the audience that story, it was an intimate crowd. I immediately thought to myself, how I pictured in my mind was you and Michael, like leaving the room and like peeking around a corner, watching how he was going to do it. 
maybe even crying a little bit. It's like, oh my God, I hope this kid can figure this shit out. Or like, <laughs> that's the way my mind made up this whole sitcom scene and my okay. mind like watching this play out. So if you could give me, you know, I could let my imagination stay where okay. it is, but I would really love the context of how did situations like that unfold where you give them some Cheerios and a spoon and a high chair and say, all right, you're going to learn how to feed yourself right now. And you have one finger. I'm just so interested in how you parent that. <laughs> there was a little more that happened before. Please. Right. <laughs> he just likes to go for that shock factor. Um, <laughs> it got me. <laughs> <laughs> we're used to it. We went to PT and OT with him when he was a little boy. And at one point, they were trying to teach these little people fine motor skills. And they would use finger foods to do that. I would always have to feed it to Nick. And I asked them if they could come up with something that would give him like a thumb for the pincer reflex, right? Or if that's what it's called. And they were like, oh no, you have to wait till he's older. And I remember driving home going, oh no, that's not a good answer. And I actually wrote about it. I ripped apart a junk drawer and I found one of the kids' gazoos. And it happened to be the right length and width that I could strap on Nick's little hand. And I taught him that, how to slide and pick things up. And from there, we were able to create a spoon that could Velcro around where he could eat. But he did have Cheerios. And he figured out that if he didn't use the Cheerios, lift his finger and stuck it on the Cheerio, it was a lot easier than trying to chase Cheerios across the high chair. I love that. <laughs> I think you've just the innovation of the kazoo. I was hoping you would go down that path. I remember that oh, book yeah. and the licking of the finger and him <laughs> almost forcing the creativity because there's, I mean, you have to understand, Stacey, most parents, I wouldn't say most, I want to speak on behalf of all of them. A lot of parents these days coddle their kids so much. And it's like, there's so much coddling that takes place that it doesn't allow for creativity or quote unquote failure to exist where you really positioned Nick yeah. to allow some of that to raise him in an environment where some of that creativity could exist. And I think that's what is most admirable for me as a parent. And I can't speak on behalf of Andrew, but both of us raising kids, it's like to create and raise a kid in that environment. So I just want to speak yeah. to that. Sorry to cut you off on that. but I was going to double click on that because I think that so often, exactly, I see fully enabled, normal bodied individuals going about their lives and they're raising these kids. And the parents are doing so much for them. They're doing everything for their kids. We're walking to the baseball field the other day and parents are carrying their baseball bag and the kids running around. I'm like, no, like give the bag to the kid. The kid's got to do some work here, right? There's kind of a philosophy that we try to practice. I don't know that we're 100% great at it, but it seems like you did it whether consciously or not. But it's like, if they are capable of doing it, then they should do it themselves. And pushing him for this independence when you could have pushed him basically to be codependent with you. There's an alternate reality where had you coddled him, he's still living at home and playing the victim instead of being the victor that he is. That's just an incredible way that you've pushed him to force him into situations to have to grow. And I just think that's incredible. Thank you. So when we decided to have children, when we decided to have a family, the goal was to raise them with morals and manners mm. and to become productive citizens of society. So we just gave them tools and willed them to grow. We watered them. <laughs> mm. You raised them up to grow, to be independent, and to go out and be creative souls, serve the what world that you're in. The only way you learn to do something is you do it yourself.
you found value in this podcast episode and want to go a little bit deeper with myself and Andrew Biggs and our community, I recommend checking out one of these three resources. Number one is join our community. We have the Automate Delegate Systemize Facebook group with over a thousand entrepreneurs and self-employed individuals who just want to win back their time, who want to increase their profits, want to expand their businesses and really spend their time on what matters most to them. So join that group. It's on Facebook. It's called Automate Delegate Systemize. It is a private group, but we would love to have you join. Number two is we have a free one hour masterclass. And this free one hour masterclass that is titled win back 13 to 37 hours of your week every single week. By you taking an hour of your time and listening and watching and workshopping with this masterclass, you will learn our three epiphanies to help you understand how to work on the business, not in the business. Know that you can delegate and automate almost anything in your business. And you could also build a system in your business, even if you're not tech savvy at all. So I highly recommend you to go to automatedelegatesystemize.com and enjoy that free one hour masterclass. If you really want to go deep with Andrew, myself, and other business owners, we have a program called Operator to Owner. And Operator to Owner is our premier program that's 12 weeks long that will show you exactly how to use what we call the ADS framework going through the prospect journey, the client journey, how to onboard properly, build your staff, build the pillars of your organization, audit your time with a dollar per hour exercise, offload and delegate your under dollar per hour wage that you want to pay yourself, how to offload those tasks and really how to buy back your time. Our promise is that by the end, you will learn how to leverage a virtual assistant team, whether you want to use our better than rich virtual assistants. We have those services. You could go to va.betterthanrich.com or you can learn how to use your own virtual assistant team and hire offshore workers. But we are here to help you win back time, gain your freedom, and try to stay true to what it means to be an entrepreneur and why you became an entrepreneur in the first place. So take advantage of those three resources. We have the Facebook group that's free. We have the masterclass that's free. And then of course, we have operator to owner and our virtual assistant services that are behind the paywall. And be on the lookout for our next mini course, Win Back Your Freedom and Increase Your Profits, which we've done a couple of times already. And maybe there's one coming up in the near future. Thank you.